0: Well, this is a really fun kind of an, a, a a new twist on Connect. Um, it has come to my attention that we actually have far more published authors than I realized, and and authors to be within Ignite. And I just thought it would be really fun to to sort of talk to them about the process, the why. Um, because I, I honestly believe that within each of us, there's there's something that needs to be shared, maybe in the context of a book, maybe in other contexts. But I'm hoping that this will plant some seeds of a really interesting way to communicate ideas. And everyone had a very different why behind their book, but there was a clarity on, on the why. And, and it's fun to see that being played out within the context of, of being an author. So I'm going to start with Bill. Um, I had so much fun um, chatting with Bill and talking to him about how his book came to fruition and um so you know just starting out Bill give us a sense because I think a lot of your book your results really are telling and what you're trying to convey in the book we'll we'll start with that and then and then back into the book but can you kind of share with us where you're at year-to-date numbers wise and where you were last year
1: yeah thank you Kathy um year-to-date I think I'm at 45 million um Last year was 132 million unit wise. I think we're 140 units now. And um, last year was 440 units.
0: So this is clearly an author who has a a really good grasp around what it means to be disciplined and what it means to have drive. And and so I'm going to use that as the segue into your sharing with us a little bit about Where, where did your book come from? Where did it, how did it, how did it start?
1: Yeah, thanks, Kathy. Uh, This is, this is pretty exciting to talk about this. Um, The, it started a few years ago, I've always journaled and the journal has been um, kind of a breakthrough in just being in self-development. And, and so when I look back at journaling and how it just um, has changed the projection of life just changed the projection of mindset changed the projection of just um overcoming adversity um it kind of propelled further into you know maybe, maybe i'll try a book um a lot of it you know there was two two reasons you know why i did it and a lot of it was you know i always felt less than um unworthy uh a lot of self-doubt read any keep playing and every, you know, it seems like we have at least uh, one book a day that could could be a bestseller um, when we read these keep playing because everybody's overcoming adversity. So it's not just, it's not just any authors, it's everybody has a book in them. So um, I thought mine was a little bit more unique because I felt like it was always where I had to grind it out to Uh, achieve results, you know, and I tell the story that I was the kid that would study for six hours to get a 79 on a test. And, you know, my peers would say, I didn't study at all. And I got an A plus, you know, so like, that was, that was just kind of how I I always had to just outwork, I'll hustle. And, you know, know, just kind of evolve that way. So with that being said, you know, Wrote it during the pandemic and had my best year ever, and we all did. A lot of us did because rates rates were very friendly, and and I agree with that. But um, when when I was when I was writing it, the the accountability to myself to not be a hypocrite with some of the principles that we talk about was just the best coach ignite coach that I ever had was you know my my uh, my conscience on my shoulders. You know yelling at me saying you better put your feet on the floor man you, you you're you're doing this and you you have to uh you you have to show up every single minute of the day so that's kind of that's kind of how that started
0: that's so cool and 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 something that you talked about that i i really resonated with me was how you know when you have a cause greater than yourself you you act at a much higher level and and you shared a little bit about how you went from not performing in a marathon to outperforming on a triathlon, and that leap to me—I still been thinking about it a lot. I don't understand that leap, but I'm so impressed by it. Would you share with us what that looked like for you, that mental piece?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was uh, so just to put things in perspective. You know, when uh, when I was I did the Boston Marathon in 2019, and I was just kind of taking it for granted it was my fifth one. Just kind of I was coasting, trained for four months, just. It was a very cold winter uh, going into it, and um, I just really ignored my race nutrition. So there's some terms called bonking, where you just crash and burn. You just you know you just you can't go anymore. Your mind tells you to go, and your body's like, "Dude, I'm cramping up. You didn't feed me right. You didn't take care of me." And before that race, I was telling a story about how there was there was a, a negative. You know, there's a wind chill of a negative 15, and like all the newscasters saying, "Don't go out in this crazy weather; You're, you'll die," you know, because it's too cold. And I was like, "You know what? I'm training. I just want to go out and 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 just and test 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 the elements because somebody else is training right now too." So I came back. I, eyelashes are frozen. Hair looks like it's got snowed on just because I'm soaking wet, and my hands and feet were were numb. I told this story, and I told this story to a Northern Canadian. He laughed at me. <laughs> He was training, he was training in, um, you know, four inch cleats on ice on a sidewalk because they couldn't shovel it or, or chip away at it. And those, uh, he was in like minus 25 degrees 15 times. So um, it it certainly puts things in perspective how, you know, you just can overcome adversity and and be like, well, I probably shouldn't have shared my story (laughs) because it was, it was nothing compared to the Northern Canadian. And I couldn't even imagine talking to anybody in uh, Antarctica that was training for the Boston Marathon.
0: And really- then one of the principles that you talked about, and I think it served you well both in athletics and in in your career, is that principle about going is much better than hiding. So go go, don't hide. Go. Can you sort of elaborate on that?
1: Yeah. So and we talked about how it relates to our business, right? So so when adversity hits at any time, a low appraisal, an upset bar. Uh, rates go up three percent in a day. Um, you know, you have to you have to have these conversations. you gotta you get an agent that's breathing down your neck. I find that over the years, a lot of a lot of loan officers that didn't really set their their sights on high goals or just maybe just settled into um, mediocrity uh, would be the would be the ones hiding under the desk. They would disappear for the day. They would give up, they would run away. Uh, you couldn't find them. Maybe they're at the maybe at the local bar on, on a bar stool, uh, tipping a few back just because the day the day got got away from them. And and we all know that if you attack things head on immediately and you get everybody on board, yes, it's a tough phone call, but that's kind of the resilience. That's kind of the mental toughness is making that tough phone call and calling your agents, calling your attorneys or title companies, calling your bars and saying, "Hey, listen, we have this issue." we just were made aware of it we need to get together and and figure out a solution there there's you have you increase your likelihood of of solving that in a matter of moments a lot better than you can if you hide and run away and try to deal with it the next day because then things snowball you have emotions you have people incredibly upset um, where you may not even be able to 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 talk it through not only will you lose the day that you quit but you'll lose the next day with everybody that you have to answer to so you just gave up two days and then your mindset for that week is probably shot so to you know you really want to avoid you know getting caught up in the trap of you know swimming in mediocrity and just you know try to try to um, solve things immediately at a high level and just make that tough call
0: and and you you talked a fair amount about how, in in your desire to control the day and control your emotions, regimen was very much a part of that. Is that is that accurate? And can you kind of expound upon that? Absolutely.
1: You have you have to you have to prepare your day. You have to bookend your day. I think Darren Hardy talks about it quite a bit. But bookending your days is, is starting off you know with a routine in the morning. Um, You know, personally, I try to get up super early, you know, before everybody else, because my phone's not ringing, there's no text, there's no emails, I can just finish up the stuff from the night before. But then, in addition to that, I mean, Miracle Morning's a great book, great great reference book, but have your own Miracle Morning, your own version of a Miracle Morning. Like, I even name my alarm, you know, when it goes off, it's like happiness, abundance, love, healing, whatever whatever it is, I'll name my alarm at four o'clock in the morning, just just so I, I see it, it's kind of corny a, a little bit, but um, it's just it just gets that it gets that mindset flowing. Now think about it. If you know you have some obstacles coming at you that morning, think about your thoughts. A lot of times our thoughts are worry and fear and anxiety, and we're scared. And maybe we'll hit snooze. You know what? I'm gonna hit snooze. Maybe that maybe that problem will will go away in an hour when I wake up. But if you prepare yourself. For some of those, for some of the tests that you have to deal with and put yourself in a much better space. What am I grateful for? What are my blessings? That will instantly take you out of your, your fear emotions, your, your, your anxiety emotions. And now you can now you can be in a, a level of emotional state where you can create, okay, we know we have this issue with this appraisal. We know that we have this issue with this bar. We know we have this issue that we have to face today i feel great about it now i can start creating because i'm going to go about my day my my daily routine now in the daily routine journaling is is really key um uh for me it's working out i mean that's that's my that's where i get my best my best uh my best highs in the morning um it has to be done in the morning and uh um you know, I'll read some scripture, uh, journal, I do a little bit of work, just make sure I'm set up for the day. And, and then then I go about it. And those tasks that have to be tackled um, pale in comparison to what they could be if you if you just went at them just in in super um, stress, stress mode. Um, so I just feel like that is a, a, a great way to do it. And when and, and the same token, when you finish your day, you know, just kind of finish up with that same journal or or, or whatever, just just jot down your thoughts about, you know, hey, today was a great day because I accomplished this. Because tomorrow I'm gonna accomplish this. And it just takes you five. It takes you five minutes um, to get some of these things. But what it does for your mindset, it it it, it changes your mindset as you lay your head down. But also when you when, excuse me <clears throat> when you get up the next day. Sorry about that.
2: Okay. Very good. So, so
1: you know, it just with the, um, you know, and just writing the book, it's just I felt like you know, driving the storms about. You can you can stay down and hit snooze, you can let the storm pass, or you can be super proactive and and, and kill the day. I mean, you just kick butt during the day, and that's you know that's kind of what we ch- we choose to do. And then the other the other part of that is. You're, we're all capable of way more than we think we are if we put things into perspective and go after it.
0: That's so well said. And, and we can only go as far as as our belief system allows us. So consistently challenging that and really asking what we think we can do and, and upping that, I think, is really impactful. So um, per- perfect. Last question for you. What is your favorite chapter of your book?
1: Um, well, just the people that I've had read in advance, um, they say the hook is in the you know, the hook is in the, the, the intro just kind of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of information that, you know, we share that, uh, uh, that, that brings in the principles later. So it's, uh, I think the intro is probably the most exciting part.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Bill. And we look forward to seeing you. I think if, if we buy your book, will you sign it for us and keep uh, playing, keep playing? Of
1: course. Course. There you
0: go. All right. You guys hop on, get in there. Got to get your you have an author amongst us who's willing to sign their books. So that's pretty exciting stuff. Um, thank you for sharing. Really inspiring, lots of reminders. And just that was just really a, a high-level overview. So really encourage everyone to to think about getting the book. We can all use that kind of encouragement. So I'm going to segue into Harlan. Of course, Harlan is going to be off on a plane, spreading the word of reverse throughout the world because he has a huge mission. So I'm going to have him come on next so that he can rush off to the airport and and get to his his next his next joy filled um, mission. He has a mission around this, which is really exciting. And I think maybe that was part and parcel what what drove the the writing of your book. But um, Harlan, share with us a little bit about the whole concept of using an allegory to convey a challenging or, or, or difficult concept.
3: Well, uh, great to be with you, Kathy, and, and everybody. Um, you know, the, there's no question that a reverse mortgage can be a pretty boring topic. Um, and uh, even though reverse mortgages and annuities, cash value life insurance are not things that people look forward to talking about or meeting people with. I knew I had to make it something that was uh not only simple but uh, somewhat uh you know fun enticing um and so that's why I used the Cinderella uh, scenario because Cinderella was not invited uh to the ball um she was not supposed to be there and reverse mortgages are not invited to the retirement ball and so I wanted to make sure to get across the point that hey I you know it's it's okay for us to be there. There's a fairy godmother involved. There's stepsisters involved, uh, the kingdom's involved. And so it was just, uh, you know, kind of easy to put those things together to make something a better story. Because when I talked to, I hired an editor um, at Amazon and uh, I encourage anybody that wants to write a book to do that because you can get very narrow-minded on stuff. And the first thing that the editor asked me when he saw my, um, my initial script is, um, uh, do you want anybody to read this? Uh, <laughs> I said, well, yeah. Isn't that why you write a book? And he said, no, um, there's a lot of people that just write a book for vanity so they can just put their stuff down and hope that their grandkids read it someday or whatever. He said, what's the purpose of your book? Um, And he made me cut it down by half. I had a whole lot more fun stuff. And uh, so it would actually be something that people would read. And uh, I think that anybody that's thinking about doing that, you have a story, you have an important thing to say, as Bill already mentioned, um, but you know you you want to think back about what the purpose is and is your audience going to want to hear it it's just like if you're speaking in front of a group of realtors or financial advisors like I was yesterday if if they're on their phones and they're not really interested in what you're saying what good is it and so i just wanted it to be something that that somebody read and fortunately i've i've got some feedback from a lot of financial advisors and clients and so on that said, Hey, uh, this, this was really fun. This was uh, something that I I read on an, uh, it was easy to read in a few, um, a few hours. And I really got into it, even though I didn't think I was going to read it. So that's, that's, that's why I use the allegory in the whole Cinderella story.
0: And can you just kind of share with us how Cinderella and, and by by her decisions and what she did, how did that impact everything? So everything in your story, I know has meaning, but you talked about the impact Cinderella had that was far beyond that decision of taking out a reverse mortgage per se. Can you kind of expound upon that?
3: Yeah. A lot of people think that we're just in the business of selling mortgages or our team is in the business of selling reverse mortgages. And uh, it's not. Uh, what we are in uh, the business of doing is changing lives and changing generations. I talked yesterday to some uh, realtors in the Asian community that said, um, you know, we don't have enough of our kids buying houses because it's too expensive here in Southern California. And I said, well, let's take a look at what we can do with using the parents' equity to help the kids with a down payment to buy their house uh, so that we can preserve that generational wealth. Um, Everything that we do has the ripple effect. We know about the Andy Andrews stuff, the butterfly effect, and um, what Cinderella did affected the prince, changed his life. Obviously, changed the kingdom, uh, changed the stepsisters. Probably not to his, uh, you know, sh- they kind of got more than their due. Um, but uh, it made a dramatic difference in the kingdom. That kingdom was altered forever uh, because she wanted to go to the ball so bad. And so what we do here at Fairway, whether you're doing forward or reverse mortgages, doesn't matter. What we do has a way bigger impact uh, than what we even realize. And and that was what I was trying to get across in the book that, that, hey, this affects the kingdom. This affects the nation. This affects not only the individual families.
0: And, And I love how you utilize your story and we talked about it. That story is far more memorable and relatable than you talking about okay, hey, here's a reverse mortgage. Anytime you can use a story, even in the context of what we do day in and day out, if we can use a story that that is along the lines of how we've impacted someone's lives and show that impact. And Harlan, just personal testimony, you all changed my mom's life. She had the opportunity to do a reverse mortgage with your team. You did an amazing job. And she wrote checks to my, my sister and my son, to buy houses and we have pictures of everyone crying and she got to see that in her lifetime. And 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 the impact of that is, is is not lost on me. So thank you for everything you do and spreading that word, just on a personal note, I'm extremely grateful to you and your team. Um, thank you and thank you for being here.
3: Well, thank you for that, uh, Kathy. That's obviously what we're in the business of doing. And uh, a lot of people don't realize, I had a financial advisor ask me a long time ago, uh, Harlan, with the wealth that you don't use, um, do you wanna give it away with a cold hand or with a warm hand? Uh, I've never forgot that. That's just sobering. Uh, Because a lot of people just hang on to their house, hang on to certain assets, whatever it is, and give it away when they're 90 and the kids are 60 and it doesn't have nearly the impact as doing something with our wealth before that. And there's so many things, including a book and our message, that we either never give away or we give away with a cold hand. And that's a tragedy that we try to change people's thought process. Obviously, your mom gave with a warm hand and that brought tears and fun and prosperity to the family going forward. So, uh, thank you for that, for the opportunity.
2: My
0: pleasure. Thank you, Harlan. Really appreciate your insights. Thanks for taking the time to stretch yourself. Putting things on in a, in the form of a book, that's a lot of vulnerability. Um, being willing to take that risk, put things in writing, you know, both Bill Harlan and, and then we're gonna segue into Reggie. That that is that is not I I you can't underappreciate the the vulnerability associated with doing that and and the work it takes, but each of them had a passion to share something that they strongly believed in. So thank you. Now we're going to go ahead and transition to Reggie. Reggie, um, thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate it.
4: Thanks so much.
0: No, my pleasure. So um, why don't we start out, if you wouldn't mind, just give us a little bit of an insight into your numbers this year and and last year as a segue into into part of what your book is about.
4: Yeah, so in 2021, our team did 711 transactions for 231 million. Uh, This year we're at 364 for 128 million through August.
0: Thank you so much. So what, what you'll see here is what Reggie wrote about proof was in the pudding. And, and to segue into what that was about, um, you had a really specific reason for for writing your book. And can you share with us a little bit about what that was?
4: Yeah, I mean, there's two reasons. One of the reasons is that I, I think a lot of loan officers get to that point that I got to, especially if you're a parent, where you're on call every night, every weekend, every time you're on vacation, you're having to take calls. And I just got to a point where it was, I couldn't live like that anymore so what i wanted to do was build a team where i built and grew a team but i wasn't a part of the transaction anymore and from talking to loan officers across the country a lot of times people struggle with building that team and specifically getting out of the transaction so i wanted to kind of give a guide on how i did it and some of the things uh, that are a part of that and then from a financial standpoint i think like if you're a thought leader or you're looked at like as an authority in a certain aspect of your business I think it helps you get recruits, partners, clients, different things like that. So I wanted from a financial standpoint to get my name out there and, and maybe have a little more authority behind it as well.
0: I love that. And, and there is a lot of, um, you know, we talked about the the place in your marketplace. If you can be an industry authority and being a published author very much gives credibility to your messaging. And, and the numbers are obviously the the proof in, in the pudding. So give us a little bit of your backstory um, and that transition you made and sort of what led you to the foundation of, of what we read about in your book.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was a refinance lender. I got into business in 2004. Uh, I probably did four or five purchases in my whole life before 2016, 2017. And uh, basically what happened, rates went up. My business went to the crapper, so to speak. And uh, I decided to uh, start all over and build a purchase team. So that's really kind of, you know, there's a lot of people that that this book would probably benefit right now because there's a lot of people that are having to do that right now. So that was kind of the background and how I started the mortgage team and I got connected with Fairway.
0: And and Reggie, you actually recreated yourself on so many levels. And we talked about the the different things that you did, but you you really carved out a role for yourself that was very specific to your role in the team. And you sort of built around yourself what you needed. Is that accurate?
4: Yeah, yeah. I really believe, first thing, everything in our business has systems. So we put together a system for everything. And I think specifically, if you're building out a team, you have to have a model. Because if you have a model that works with one person that can work with a hundred people, and I think everybody in their heart wants to grow. So uh, what I did is I created a model that worked with one loan officer where I was going to do everything possible to get this one loan officer a certain amount of business. And she was going to take the loan from start to finish at a high level. And then once I did that with one person, I did it with two and three and four and five. And then it grew to you know where we are today.
0: And, and and what I love about your book is it's very specific relative to the structure and the systems, and you go into great detail on what that looks like. The other part that I was really impressed by, I have to ask, how long yeah. did it take you to write your book?
4: Uh, I took a week off work in April, and I just wrote it in a week. So it's <laughs> and, only 87 pages, so I'm, <laughs> I'm not really long, long-winded.
0: So, and again, some of us have kind of are not readers. We don't love to read. Well, how many pages is it that we'd have to get on through to get your get your
4: wisdom? 87, it might take you two, three hours.
0: There you go. If, if you can't set aside two or three hours to get some of the wisdom, if, if that's your goal and you want to look at building systems and being that rainmaker, if that's the highest and best use of your time, two hours, 87 pages, specific information. I don't know how you could possibly say no to that. So um, thank you. Thank you, Reggie. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, and can you share again the name of your, uh, the name of your book?
4: Yeah, it's called Business Builds Business.
0: Okay. And and we'll pop a link in the chat as well on that one. So thank you. Thank you. And and not to put you on the spot, will you be at Keep Playing?
4: I will be. Yes, I will. Be, so yes. another
0: author, you can have the book signed before he's famous and you can have it on yourself. You could bring it out as your friends and family come through. I know an author. Here's their book and he, and they signed it just as proof positive. Harlan will be there as well. His books will be available. Harlan, can I put you on the spot and say you're willing to sign your book?
3: Well, yeah, but my mom told me that if I write in books, they're not worth as much. So that'll be the choice of the person who gets the book.
0: (laughs) There you go. All right. We don't want to offend mom. So, you know, whatever you think is best. (laughs) I didn't mean to put you on the spot. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Now we're going to take a little bit of an interesting turn. Um, I, as I said in the beginning, I, I think there are a lot of people who feel as if they have a certain project within them and they maybe don't know how to get started or they have fear around that. Um, there is a process to almost giving birth to something that you believe in greatly. In this case, we're focused on books. I think there are people who have art in them. They have music in them. They have things that they feel really passionate about coming, coming and sharing with the world, but maybe they don't know how to get started. They don't know what that process looks like. After the seed gets planted, they keep ignoring it. And so I invited Carrie to come along because she's here as a source of encouragement with her journey on what that's looked like and where she's at in her process. So thank you so much for being here, Carrie, and share with yes. us a little bit about what it looked like for you from the time the seed was planted and you started to see results and what that journey looked like.
5: Well, I'm just still cracking up that Reggie wrote his book in a week. Um, I'm you thank, <laughs> you, thank you for for bringing me on. Uh, and, and to close, following these three gentlemen is um, that's a tall order, Kathy, but, uh, I think you're up for it. I have faith in you. I, I, 10 years, this has been a journey of 10 years. So Kathy and I were talking the other day and I said, I think it was actually this month. I, I, it was, I looked up the date. It was September 18th of 2012 that I was sitting in a room, much like the Ignite events that we do, but it was with my, the coaching company that I was coaching um, with, being coached by at the time, and they were doing an event, a retreat event, and I was listening to Dr. Henry Cloud, and he was talking about the people who are in your cage, Um, and he writes about this in one of his books, but so i will i will not do it justice but he talks about hey the monkeys in the cage and who you invite in that cage with you really has an influence on your life and so here we are we're, we're this is a coaching platform right who we invite to speak into our lives as coaches as mentors as friends as family who we give voice to in our lives really matters and i Started writing at that moment, and four pages came out, and it was, and I labeled it "Discovering Wise," uh, W I S E Women in Search of Excellence, and I felt this just—it was this call that I needed to serve women. And Kathy and I joked the other day when I said, "Well, I left that. I I actually walked out, not uh, you know, Dr. Henry Cloud had." completed and there was a panel and I walked outside and I sat on the grass and I texted my coach and said, I think I just quit my day job. And he replied, I know what your next job is. And I was like, do tell, you know, insider trading information was totally unfair because (laughs) he clearly knew where, where my heart was. And he sent me a title. And the next thing, you know, I was coaching for compensation and that book, that I had written, um, it it took a shelf to starting a coaching company and and a coaching business and working with coaching clients, and then subsequently, praise God, finding Fairway um, and then Ignite and that whole journey until 2020 happened. And some uh, did you all know that some things happened in 2020? I mean, things changed a little in 2020. And I distinctly heard that I needed to pull that book off the shelf. And I said, okay, I hear you. I'm going to do this. And it was a season where, for me, it became really clear that and, and for me, it was about women, right? I mean, that was, that was where my heart was at, was in serving women, and that we needed a different kind of encouragement, we needed a different kind of inspiration, and a different kind of connection, and I love that Bill talked about the key playings, um, because that was where my heart was at, but I had struggled with, like, how do I write this? Why would anybody wanna hear my story? And I know Bill talked about that too. Like, I mean, insecurity and all of the negative voices in your head that say, why would you Why would you do that? But it became clear to me that we needed to be connected in that season. And part of the way that I could do this, one of my good friends, and I see her on this call, um, Wheezy, is writing a book and she had shared with me that part of how she got off go was to was to speak her book into being and i thought okay well i can probably do that how do i go about this and so i started the podcast discovering wise and started interviewing other amazing women with incredible stories of overcoming adversity and and all different walks of life, because I feel like success is defined differently by different people, right? And this journey of life, everybody has a different one and there are all kinds of twists and turns, but we can learn just like we do from those key playings every day. We can learn so much from listening to a variety of different people, but I wanted to encourage, connect, and inspire women in a special way, and so I started a podcast, and two years later, I hired a coach and said, "How do I turn this into a book? Now <laughs> here I have all these episodes." So um, I
0: don't know, Kathy, if that—that
5: that was a really well no, answer to that initial question. But no, I
0: love that. What what I love is you. The seed got planted, but you listened and acted on it. And I think a lot of times where we go wrong is the seed gets planted, we get afraid we run away from it. So along the lines of what Bill shared about running toward it, not running away from it, going through it, not going around it, that that reminder that everybody has a story that matters, different versions of success, different versions of perspective. We heard it today, even in terms of why people wrote the books they wrote. Lean into that, be who you are, be the encourager, share your gift with the world. I think that's the lesson of, of all of this, is that be willing to do that and just be brave. Um, and thank you to all our authors. I'm I'm honored that we get to be at a company where people follow that gentle prompting to share what they have, to put it in writing, to encourage other people and to try to improve their lives. So thank you, thank you. Appreciate everyone's time. And now I will turn it over to Pistol.
2: Thanks very much, Kathy. And, and I can tell you, you know, I me, mean, I'll say this. I'm amazed there was less than 70 people on the call. I know it's gonna be recorded, but these four people were fantastic. They have a great commitment to themselves, their families, a great commitment to Fairway. They epitomize Fairway core values and they wanna help Fairway people as well as their clients across the thing. And I just quickly said for Harlan, I got put down fun. For Reggie, you gotta have the model. For Carrie servicing women, coaching women, and Bill Murphy, self-improvement. This stuff, what they shared today is so important and it's a good listen for everybody. And maybe more people will write books and and I always appreciate being on these calls again. I I do have to say, if some people, uh, I wanna say on Kathy's dress, those aren't bird droppings. Uh, she told us that. There was a couple of us on the call early, but those weren't right. But she did a great job. But thank you to you four people. And, and I think it's fantastic what you shared and what you did. And I hope everybody reads the books. And if you do more, write the books. Always a pleasure for me to be on the calls.
0: Thank you, Pistol. Great way to wrap up. Really appreciate that we could get that on the record. No bird poop. It is flowers. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for being here. So grateful to everyone's willingness to share. Um, I I, I love seeing you all. And and really, um, thanks to our authors. Really excited to see everybody at Heat Playing. I'm looking forward to getting all my books signed. Sorry, Harlan. I like writing in books, so I'll be coming to see you. All right, everybody. Have a great week.